What's going on, everybody? We're back. The Old Sooners Post Game Podcast. This is episode 184. We're at the stadium. We're the only ones here. Because <laughs> um, it's 10.30 at night almost. The security staff has sweeped the press box twice, <laughs> hoping that we would just freaking leave, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's late. nobody We've here. We've been here all day. We're definitely locked in. Although, he was uh, here the first, though. He was here for the Kyler stuff this morning. Yeah, Ryan was in radio at that time. So he would have been if uh, he wasn't preoccupied. But Ross got out, so I guess we didn't hear anything, right? Ross got out. He never called. All right, he got out. That's good. That's a good sign for us. That's a good sign for us. Although we're leaving an hour plus later than him. Um, what a day here at the spring game! It was cold. It was windy. Um, we saw some okay football, some decent football at times, some bad football at other times. We're going to talk about it. We're going to wrap up the spring game for you. If you've never seen the post game show. It's there's not any segments. It's very free flowing. I have no rundown. I'm not looking at any rundowns or anything. We just kind of go for it. And so we'll, we'll dive in. Josh Callaway, John Hoover, Ryan Chapman. I don't know if I said that or not. If I didn't, there you go. What do we think? What are the biggest takeaways? What do you think of when you think of the game today? We can get into the uh, specifics in a moment, but overarching, I guess, thoughts on the day that was. Uh, well, I, I just think you have to start with the fact that Jeff Levy's offense almost put 200 points on the board. It's true. <laughs> uh, true. Oh, wait, that was the defense. That was the defense that was on pace for 200 yeah, Final points. score. Yeah. Again, final score was? 84-82. 84-82. Did I say a different score on the rep? One by the defense. Oh, I, I think I might have said 54-52, but it was 84-82 was no the final score. What are we talking about here? Uh, five points for forcing a punt, two points for uh, batted pass. Two points for punting as well. <laughs> the offense gets two points for punting. Well, yeah, because it's not, it was the offense that would do the punting. Wouldn't they like flip it? Because that's why it took so long. It's like the, actually the white team would come out and punt. Yeah, right? it, 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 was it was weird. weird. It was weird. And so the strange. offense had to put a returner out there yeah. just to fair catch the yeah, ball. Yeah, it's like who's returning the punts? It's a receiver. He's offense, though. It was so if you guys, mine was in a pretzel. If you guys heard the or saw the post-game wrap that we did with uh, with intern Ross, you know that I teased a theory. And my theory is, conspiracy theory working here. Remember Brent Venables in the middle of the week came out and said at some point, yeah, I, I wasn't really down with all this scoring and I, I didn't know, I didn't approve this system. I think Brent Venables is onto something. I think Brent Venables is put a product on the scoreboard today that's going to catch a lot of headlines and say 84-82, oh, those Big 12 offenses stink. We're going to rout those guys. We're going to pummel those guys. They said they, they can't possibly join the SEC. And then when OU comes out and plays defense like they did today, punches somebody in the face, they're going to be totally caught off guard. But they're going to think about that 84-82. How's that for a conspiracy theory? It's pretty we were, lame, I we, know. We were talking about on the field that some somebody nationally is definitely going to see the score and not know anything about the format and be like, oh, what was going on in that joke. game? It's well, a but, joke. But, it's going to be a running joke all all week. Did you see Oklahoma spring game score? 84-82. It's just going to be a big – they're going to take as many pot shots as they can. Yeah, well, I think the good news is on – on that part of it is that it's such a basketball score that someone's going to have to pull up and go, what happened? I honestly thought that this scoring system was a product of trying to avoid what happened at Florida, which is they had a yeah. normal scoring system and it ended 10-7, to 7 and we all pointed and laughed, me included. <laughs> so uh, when we talked to Brent Venables on, was that Thursday, Josh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's when Brent Venables was like, I don't really know about the scoring system, so it was clear that this was like the analysts running wild or something like that. I, I don't know who, if it was the interns, I don't know. But... Uh, the result was 
The Oklahoma defense came out and played with their hair on fire for the first quarter and a half of that game. I think you saw that Brent Middles also when he told us midweek, Josh, that um, part of the reason for going offense versus defense instead of splitting into two teams like last year was that there weren't enough healthy offensive linemen to get through two teams of two offensive lines. And I think you saw that today. Jack Snarl didn't have much time to really do anything uh, in his snaps in the first half because the offensive line didn't give him any time. And you flip that around, the, the what we would project as the starting offensive line minus Walter Rouse at left tackle, that's who protected for Dylan Gabriel. And that unit moved the ball a little bit, not too much early on. And, and I think you saw really good performance from the defense and the offense. That group, yeah. that offensive line settled in, figured it out. And then Dylan Gabriel uh, was responsible for kind of the touchdowns that happened in the, in the second quarter. So I thought you got to see a good back and forth there. But I, I think it it's going to be encouraging for Oklahoma fans if you can really spin anything out of a spring game that the defense came out, stood up, and and really showed out. And when it was ones v twos, Brett Venables kind of talked about it being ones v twos. I think the really interesting thing is Josiah Wagner started at corner opposite of uh, Woody Washington with the ones on defense. Yep. I will say I don't think the format will be back um, no, next year because coach is a fan. Um, defense at fifty one in the first quarter, and then and then. Uh, <laughs> Venables himself, as he said post game, uh, had to do some tinkering because they were like, they're going to score 200 points. In the middle of the game, he and, realized uh, we cannot we put 200 points on the And we scoreboard. said this. We said that. We talked about it, um, you know, on the pod, on the midweek show, and with other beat members. Like, the defense scores points for everything. I mean, they do anything, they got points. And so they had 51 on the board in the first quarter. So uh, maybe you could bring it back, but it needs, it needs to be modified um, if you're going to do that. Um, Offense almost had it at the end, though. They almost came back and won. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. A little uh, a, uh, unfortunate drop. Yeah, that would have been the game winner. You know who uh, who else showed out today? Um, statistically speaking, OU fans showed out today. Not bad. 54,409 is, is the official attendance. My estimation when I looked around and I saw the crowd about three-fifths of the way full. Oh, not not three-fifths, three-eighths of the way full is the way I said. 80,000, right, is a full stadium. It was about three-eighths of the way full. Uh, I saw about 30,000 people here. But 54, if that's the number you're going to put down, 54 is pretty representative. And it was blustery out there. It was not sunshiny. The sky turned blue in the second half for a little while. But the weather wasn't ideal. It was a good number. Yeah. It was crappy weather. I mean, yeah, it, it was. It was not great. pleasant today, which is stinks, as it was really nice all week. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that helped. A decent number, I think. I believe it was uh, our buddy Eli Letterman who said it was the fourth most well-attended spring game. I don't know if he verified that. That's what he said. Fifty-four thousand yeah. was behind. I think Ohio State obviously was number one, and I think maybe Tennessee and Penn State. I think were the two that was, had more. I think it was also maybe the second or third highest in OU history. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, last yeah. last year shattered it. Right, shattered it. Yeah. at what seventy plus seventy plus forty yeah. was the was the record before last year. Yeah, I remember. You know, thinking back to the Lincoln Riley Spring games, even though those Caleb Williams won, all the excitement about that. I mean, it it was completely empty behind the end zones, right? I mean, it was just kind of yeah. behind each sideline. It filled up a little bit. I mean, this this was decently the lower bowl was most was was pretty full. And then the upper decks had like some random people up there, which I don't understand the seating at the spring game. Do you buy an actual seat? Yes. Because why uh, was yeah, anybody they, sitting way up there? They said it. Sense. They said it was actually sectioned and ticketed. But yeah, I, I think the Ooh, big, let them move down. Yeah, the biggest the biggest killer today was that you woke up and the weather sucked. Yeah. Yeah. No, the weather yeah was uh, not good. And it, everybody's hate for Lincoln Riley is starting to pass a little bit. 
It yeah. is. At least enough to, to yourselves. At least enough to not drive to Norman and right. go. Yeah, right. by showing up again, to a practice. Like you said at the top, still a good showing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you get 3,000 yes. people here. I, I mean, you know, well, we have a totally different perspective on everything because we, we cover it and it's our jobs. It's hard for me to imagine a world, even as much as I love college football, being like, yeah, let's go watch that. Because it is like, you know, it's a so-so product. I mean, it just is, well, we, right? I mean, we, you're not really going for the entertainment. Yeah. You're going to support your team or your school by giving helping the attendance number. Well, in, in every spring game, the second half, usually the clock runs, it gets kind of wonky, and you're just like... And it's kind of cool to see all the former players yeah, and stuff. I'm sure yeah. you like that. Yeah, they've made a great alumni weekend out of it. Uh, events Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, obviously, they made a great recruiting weekend out of it. Think about that. All the dozens and dozens of recruits that were here today. I've uh, got a commitment this morning. <laughs> got a basketball commit this afternoon, this <laughs> evening. I mean... Uh, softball swept, baseball swept. What? what big weekend. I mean, the yeah. weather wasn't perfect, but apparently everything else was. Big weekend. Uh, that's for sure. Next year will be very interesting because obviously no no Heisman statue to, to spin around on next year. Um, so Jalen Hurts back. Talk about his contract. Get a runner-up statue. <laughs> Heisman runner-up, a little small one <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's actually silver, and they put it. <laughs> they put yeah. it on the health and science campus in Oklahoma City is where they pop that bad boy. <laughs> So what do we think about, um, you know, we talked about it a little, but the offense as a whole. Uh, Gabriel, obviously the debut of Jackson Arnold, these new running backs. Offensive line, like we said, was kind of thin going in. Knew some of these new receivers. Stardner caught that pass early and they did like nothing. Is that his only catch? You have the stats right here. Yeah, one uh, catch for 11 yards. Yeah, that was like the first play, right? And then he didn't make another one. It was a nice catch. Um, what do you think about the offense today? Gabriel, Arnold, all of it. What, what stuck out? Well, let's start at the top with the quarterback everybody wants to talk about. Five out of six for 83 yards, one touchdown. Davis Bevel is back. I, is did, not, I did not realize the stat line was that good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Tight end Bevel. But the throw to DJ Graham was horrendous. It was, it was all Graham. He had some receivers that made him look pretty good. Yeah, it was but, all uh, No, I'm kidding. Uh, Jackson Arnold's the one everybody wants to talk about because uh, Dylan Gabriel was atrocious again as usual, right? Uh, nobody hit. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally joking. No. Uh, Dylan was 11 of 17, 140 yards, three touchdown passes in the second quarter. I thought Dylan was, once he got through that kind of a bumpy start in the first quarter, I thought Dylan was really in control. I think he started like one for five or something like that. So his numbers, 11 of 17, are pretty, pretty good. Uh, and then Jackson Arnold, six of 14, most of that again, 64 yards, most of that against the number one defense. Most of Dylan Gabriel's numbers against the number two defense. Um, and again, it's really kind of hard to gauge because a lot of the twos were playing up with the ones. A lot of the ones were hanging out for the twos. So it was a lot of mixing and matching. Don't read too much into the stats. There is no quarterback controversy. Dylan Gabriel, I thought he played great today. I thought he did exactly. He threw, he threw the ball to a one-handed tight end for a touchdown. Yeah. How do you – how, do you how does that? anybody complain about that? He said – he told me he has – 100% confidence that Blake Smith was going to catch that ball with that big old club on his fist. It's Hilarious. It's impressive that was. Really the only thing that remained constant on either side of the ball was the offensive line, like the personnel along the offensive line through the first couple of drives or through the first half. And so, yeah, like you mentioned, it was kind of hard to, to discern. We saw what the one defense and the two defense was, but then they started rotating through and all that. Um, I, I thought Dylan Gabriel used his feet a lot more than I remember him doing last year in the spring game. And last year's spring game, 
I may be wrong on that. I was pretty washed with the atmosphere and, every, yeah. and everything going on, and, it, and spring games are not memorable what's happening in it for the most part. Mm -hmm. But that, that was something that I was interested to see if Dylan Gamer, we saw that in the Cheez-It Bowl where he used his legs a lot more. I was wondering if another year being comfortable and actually having quarterback depth behind him might be one of those things of screw it, like utilize every aspect of your game. And through a practice, a scrimmage, I, I think you saw that. And I just thought he looked really comfortable. Like, think back to the TCU game last year. Bad start, what happened? The footwork starts to get wonky, it gets away from him, then the injury, which is not anyone's fault, it's just, the injury happened. Today, slow start, he could have got wonky, all that stuff, and instead I, I thought he was just fine the whole way, and then it, it turned up as the offensive line kind of settled in. So I thought that was good, and Arnold, really in the first half, I don't think he was given much of an opportunity to do anything because yeah. the offensive line kind of cratered, which I think is A, questions about depth, but there are a bunch of guys hurt. I think the depth questions are more, what does that look like if Walt Tarouse can play? What does that look like if Sexton can play? But the other side, I thought that Jacob Lacey had a good day. I thought Devon Sears flashed a couple of those moments where he got off the ball really quickly and, and Arnold was already had a guy in his lap. And, and that's what Todd Bates had kind of talked about, that when he watched Devon Sears on tape at Texas State, it was the pass rush. We got to see a little bit of that, even if it wasn't sacks on sacks on sacks. I think we buried the lead on the quarterback situation. Davis Bevel is the third quarterback, and he played... Clearly the third, yeah. He played... He didn't just play bad. He played in the second half. Uh, the first half went exclusively to Jackson Arnold and um, and Dylan Gabriel. Those were your one and your two quarterbacks. Uh, they didn't deviate from that in any way. Second half came out. Davis Bevel started. Had a little drive going. Uh, General Booty ended up with the, the fourth guy. They had to punt. And then uh, Davis Bevel marched him down for a touchdown right after that. So, Yeah, no, Arnold. That's um, your quarterback pecking order. Yeah, and uh, don't forget about Jacob Switzer. Got in there for like two plays. Oh, um, yeah. See, I missed that. But at the end of the game, it was Arnold. Yeah, it was Arnold, and he had the one def or the one offense with him. He had the one the, yeah. the top offensive line, the best running backs, you know, the starting offense. And what does he do? He leads him right down the field and scores a touchdown, and almost got that tying two point conversion. Yep, Jaden Gibson with a rough drop uh, there that would have tied the or won the game. Would have won the game um, in the in the final the final play there. They so went for two to decide it. And it he was two it. and right in the mids. 84-82 would have tied it. No, it was 82-82 for that play, and then oh, defense, the defense got gets two stop. points That's for right. stopping. So whoever wins, whoever so that was literally just it. If they get this, yeah. So, yeah, Jackson Arnold. I mean, look, the day overall was so-so. He had no line. Uh, his snaps were at his ankles every time. Nobody was blocking for him. He got sacked multiple times. Grayson Halton and Isaiah Coe and those guys were living in the backfield. The one time he got to have some guys. Like you said, he, he went down the field and in a clutch scenario. I use clutch because it's a spring game, not that much on no. the line. But I'm sure the blood was pumping. He had a chance to go win the game, and I'm sure he really wanted to do it, and he, he delivered a dime to Gavin He's, Freeman. It was on the money. It was as good said, of a throw as we saw. Yeah, it, Best throw right. we saw. He, he said uh, after the game, post-game interviews, he said he was surprised that he was not nervous. He said maybe it was just because it's a scrimmage or whatever, and somebody asked, yeah, do you get nervous before games? You go, oh, yeah, I get real nervous before games. Huh. Learn a little bit more about Jackson Arnold. He did not get nervous today. That was interesting. Yeah, that's something that uh, I wonder how much Peyton Bowen and Jackson Arnold have taught because Peyton Bowen talked about he did have nerves, and he's like, that's just if you love football, you get nervous in those yeah. situations, which speaks to 
Jackson on talk about being really nervous before games typically, and maybe that's why he put the, the scrimmage practice thing. Uh, his best play of the day didn't count, though. Uh, he Should've. bobbed and weaved Should've. all the way through it was great. the Oklahoma defense. It, it was initially a 60-yard touchdown, and Brent Venables walked over to the white hat, the referee, and pointed to the ground at the 50-yard line. He's like, he got touched. He got touched. He did get touched. Brent Venables is right after the game. He's like, yeah, his he looked great running the ball after he got tackled, but I think that's what Oklahoma fans are really excited to see, that the one time he did get enough space to get into the open field, he made it count. Did defenders stop because they knew they couldn't clear through him? Yeah, of course, but th that was a guy that had the confidence. A true freshman in the spring game, he's like, screw this, I'm housing it. I asked Venable specifically, did you have confidence when you went in there and took his 60-yard touchdown run away? <laughs> he said, yeah, because he was tackled. Well, no, tackled. I, is, they should have let it count. Just, they just because It was like a second play. That I was like, was, are we, I, was like, I think I said, I can't remember who was next to me. I was like, are you, are you, I can't say it. But I was like, you got to be kidding me, that he just scored that on, the, on his second play. That is something that he did a lot in high school. He gets to college, and in his first spring game, first big scrimmage in front of the crowd. Uh, second play of the game, I think it was the second play, goes the distance. Uh, against against the Oklahoma defense, the starting defense. Now, a little bit of red light, right, for the Oklahoma starting defense. Yeah, uh, what are you they're doing? not going to light him up. Yeah. They didn't light him up, and, and he's wearing the blue no-contact jersey, so, you, you know, the, all that stuff is happening around him, but for him to have the sense to be able to cut, move, sprint away, break that tackle, get away from that last, what would have been an arm tackle? I mean, was it Desan McCulloch? Do we know? I it, it, was, it was Stutzman who was Stutzman. the one that got the... Come on. Come on. That's a touchdown. <laughs> I asked Jeff Stutzman Lundy, I said, did you argue? Did you get on the headset and argue? He goes, no. I said, thank you, sir. Yes, that, no, sir. No <laughs> problem. Like, All right, third and five. Third. <laughs> third and five. Let's go. And I think that that's a lot more palatable over the course of... And I did a lot of comparing. If I sat down and watched the Texas spring game last week, and then watch this spring game, and Texas didn't tackle. It looked like Lincoln Riley's spring game. It was bad. The tackling was really where bad. It, where, like, they had defenders that were in the no-contact jerseys, which was weird. And so it became really hard to discern in Austin if that was really bad tackling, great skill position play, stuff like that. Outside of really any place surrounding the quarterbacks, Oklahoma, the one thing that stood out to me is that it was just very sound tackling yeah, today. Yeah, a lot which, of good tackling. Which, again, it's been a long time since we've watched spring games in this stadium where there was any contact, much less sure tackling. And so you had that, and then you had uh, Jackson Arnold's roommate, Peyton Bowen, go up and a, a really just a, an overthrow that last year would have been a dropped airmail interception that you saw a true freshman go up, climb the ladder, hold off Andrew Anthony, and come down with the pick. When that happened, I was like, holy crap, that's a dropped interception by any of OU's safeties last yeah. year. Yeah, it was, was a very impressive play. Yeah, big-time play uh, by Peyton Bowen. Final thought on, on, on Arnold. It just – the dis we're going to have the discourse uh, all, all offseason. It's – the conversations are going to be had publicly if, if Arnold should be the guy right away. Should there be chanting in the stands, though? I, and think, I know it's the student section. Well, here's so all, here's what I was going to say still. is that we're, 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 the breadcrumbs of it are already there because whenever they announced the quarterback, they said Dylan Gabriel got like an okay cheer and Arnold got a huge one. Like it's already yeah. starting. Like it, we're we we've seen this already. We this is just literally Rattler Kid Williams again. It's the exact same. The only difference is I think that Dylan Gabriel's a little more 
liked. I mean, Rattler was never like really like yeah. loved. Not that Gabriel really is. Gabriel's um, also a better college quarterback than Spencer Rattler because he's done it before. I'd say about the same. I don't know how I would say Gabriel's necessarily better. They're they're about the same. Yeah, I, I think like, I think Gabriel's season last close. year was better than Rattler's 2020 season because. First off, he crunched the numbers. He ended up being the highest graded quarterback in the Big Twelve by PFF for whatever that's worth. But also, Gabriel had a like production before that. Rattler walked yeah. in and like carried himself like he was the dude, yeah. which is what every quarterback does with nothing to back it up. Yeah. It. If we're going that way, though, it, that, that's my that was yeah. one of my takeaways of the day. Is like we're just going that way. It's the way the crowd. Because I don't know if you guys really could notice in the press box. Gabriel's like it was kind of like yeah, cool, and then Arno's. I mean, it was yes. a very different reaction to him. And, just, <laughs> and so, uh, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, I mean, if Gabriel comes out and he lights it up, then it'll be, it'll be fine, obviously. But if he doesn't and they lose to, you know, whoever they play, who they play, I don't know. They don't play anybody in the non-conference because yeah. that Georgia game went away. Oh. But uh, they go lose Cincinnati. I don't know. Go say, or even if they're struggling against Tulsa or something, that it's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, it'll take. Because, again, it was like a 17-point performance and like a 14-point performance against Nebraska and West Virginia in back-to-back weeks that really had that thing come to a head. Uh, the offense was only that bad once last year, and it was when Dylan Gabriel wasn't playing. Uh, we're not – if you gave me, like, odds and betting odds for do we get a we want Arnold chant. Oh, gosh. I would I would probably yes. bet that we do. I yes, think we're going to get one next year. I think like the first time that Gabriel has a bad throw gets picked off, yep. I think it's going to happen. Or misses Drake Stoops down on, a, on an open uh, seam route, something like that. It's, here they come. I think it's, it's, yeah. I think it's, it's very much on the table. We have I mean, a, lot of, a lot of summer to, be, to talk about. To it. be honest, and to be fair, he brought it on himself. He missed a lot of receivers last year. Yeah, I mean, it it's part, of, it's part of it. Arnold's it's a really talented freshman, and everybody's excited. They, and, they put know. up a statue today outside the stadium right over here because they had a guy who didn't do that. Right. He won a Heisman Trophy. That's right. the standard. Fair or not, that's the standard. So, overall, defensively, um, touched on a little bit already. Peyton Bone had a great interception. He did some nice things. Uh, a few other guys, obviously, Reggie Pearson, I thought, was uh, very active. Had some nice open field tackle, which is yeah. nice. Sam McCullough. Just he just looks different out there than everybody else. He just looks different. Um, what are some other guys that stuck out or, or overarching takeaways defensively? Uh, Pearson was really good tackling uh, and in coverage, I thought as well. Um, yeah, that one nice breakup in the end zone. Pearson, is I don't think they gave a PBU for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, track know. Of those, I don't know. It doesn't look like they are. Corner of the end Which, zone. That was that's a two point play. I don't know why you're not keeping track of PBUs. <laughs> yeah, no it kidding. Should be like seventy <laughs> points scored on Robbed. PBUs. Um, let's see. Justin Harrington got. Lots of flowers today from Brent Venable said he has had an exceptional spring at the Cheetah linebacker position. Him and uh, Desan McCullough splitting time at the Cheetah, learning from each other. Uh, you know, one has played the position for a season even though he didn't play a lot last year. The other one played a lot last year at a different school at a different position. So they're able to kind of learn from each other and lean on each other. And it's a really interesting dichotomy even though they're both One's 6'5", 220, and the other one's 6'3", two, almost 220, 215. Uh, just they look, both those guys look different than the kind of guys that Oklahoma's had in the past. Um, again, I didn't do a lot of studying on the defensive line. I saw some good defensive end play, but the secondary I thought was exceptional. Yeah, and it was, for me, Shai Wagner didn't really get thrown at, which I think is the first thing that speaks to him is that guys weren't being viewed as being open, and then he was a sure tackler, which is always going to be the question. Wagner, he's been 
called a pit bull by a, a billion dudes yeah, uh, right. between Vali and all that and uh, Brent Venables and like okay if you're going to be an undersized guy you've got to be able to tackle yeah. the, the couple of moments that you, you don't get thrown at and he did that today and then for as much talk about Who's going to line up beside Danny Stutzman? Is it going to be Jaron Kanick? Is it going to be Kobe McKenzie? Uh, Kip Lewis played Kip the Lewis. best out of all of the of last year's group uh, of freshman linebackers. Just off one walk through, he he was just a, a machine stuffing the stat sheet all over the place. So eleven tackles, two tackles for loss. And, yeah. and you know, Inventable said post game that they need to get more weight on him, and mm-hmm. I concur because that was the one that was like the number one reason in spring camp that I never really brought up Kip because he's just so much smaller than Kobe McKenzie. Yeah. So I was always kind of like ah. Yeah. But yeah, you can't argue with it. Eleven tackles yeah and, and so that that'll be interesting to see um not only for what that <laughs> battle looks like beside Danny Sussman but can they get to the point where they have some faith where Danny Sussman doesn't have to play 95 percent of the staff yeah. I'm not saying that Danny Sussman needs to like he's gonna play a, a large majority absolutely but part of the reason why at times I think Sussman wore down last year is because he had to play a hundred percent can you find some kind of guy to give Danny Sussman a drive off here or there uh not Alex Grinch defense, Tulane, it's a key drive, and all the backups are on the field. But just give Danny Sussman a breather so he's not having to play 100% of the snaps. I seem to remember somebody last year, freshman last year, had 11 tackles in a big game. And uh, the question was asked, is he going to play some more? And uh, Meaningful snaps. Meaningful snaps, and he ended up not playing some more. He ended up playing less. I think he played like 20 snaps over the next five games. No, mechanic we're talking about. He played in the second half. Yeah. He played in the second half. He played 12, 15 snaps in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I remember. Well, you looked say. it up. That's right. <laughs> no, I didn't. So, I didn't so, look it up. So Kip Ted, Lewis, Ted Roof immediately. Ted Roof did. Okay. So Kip Lewis, don't get your hopes up on, on Kip Lewis. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I just felt overall somewhat tongue in cheek. Of course, we talked about it. You know, on the uh, on the wrap. Just with, being with a smartass. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of. I day. apologize. We're all just annoyed. Um, <laughs> always. Last day of spring practice. It's a celebration day. Um, we talked about it on the wrap with Russell today. Just kind of overall, the depth feels a lot better. Um, yeah, I and we'll agree. see. You know, I, didn't we say the same thing last spring? Though? Yeah, exa- exactly. You know, I'm trying to guard against that because last spring we were doing all these things, but it does feel different than last spring. It almost feels retroactively like we didn't know what we didn't know yeah. last year because it, it does feel different. Um, Kendall Dolby, I thought, looked pretty good on some plays. Um, physical, just the speed and tackling overall was was good, which is nice. I don't can't really think of that many like just. Missed tackles. Did that I mean like? Well, I I think the diff the difference if you're trying to spin forward between it looking like there was depth at the spring game last year and it looking like there was depth today defensively is that all the guys we're pointing out for the most part are either transfers that were aggressively pursued or freshmen that this coaching staff signed. Yeah. So if it's a freshman that they're throwing out there to the wolves and they get beat next fall then it's a conversation of, okay, they're living with mistakes from young guys. If the transfers don't produce, like that's a very quick, it immediately flips on, these are the guys you brought in. Brent Venables in February talked about they were brought in because we believe they can make a difference this year. They have to make a difference. They're like JUCO guys we were recruiting at K-State. Like I think the thing is if those guys don't pan out, it's very clear, like circle the coaching staff and say, you vouch for these guys, you brought them in. As opposed to last year where they're coaching a bunch of guys that – were brought in for different system plus kind of it, it it definitely felt like it was more bringing guys just to have bodies as opposed to tactically hey you've got to have bothroyd and trace ford and devon sears and jacob lacy to beef up that defensive line immediately you, the college football's changed to the to the point where 
everybody is getting those guys that you're like talking about that stand in for what junior college guys used to be the junior college guys would hit or miss on a 50 to 25 percent rate and if it was 50 you felt great about it if it was 25 you're like well you know it's a juco those are the dice that you have to roll college football's changed now to where transfer portal guys you have to supplement with transfer portal because you're losing so many on the front end of, on of your roster through the transfer portal so guys are leaving you have to replace them there's no you know lose a whole class of uh, of older guys through the portal and then young guys freshmen mm -hmm. replace them you can't do that so uh, that you're right. You're 100% right. You have to hit on some of these guys. They have to be. Something I was looking when when you were saying that I was looking at the sack numbers and I saw Alabama's box score today. Alabama's box score: one quarterback got sacked seven times, another one got sacked two times, another one got sacked four times. That's we're talking about Alabama's defense here. Now they may have a little bit less stringent rules about touching somebody or getting close to somebody. But we're talking about Alabama's defense. Again, we don't know what Alabama's offensive line health situation is, but that's just something that stood out to me. Oklahoma's guys today playing touch football. Oklahoma's guys had five sacks today. Touch football. It needs to be more than that. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. Um, kind of wrap up that conversation. After seeing the, the game today and spring camp, obviously, a, a portal approval rating. I guess that you feel like they did with these these guys that they've added. I love these guys, and we can talk about it more in the midweek show. But positions that are of need, because obviously the portal is open right now. Yeah, you can, you can I, make some ads. I said this. Um, I said this when they got the guys. You know, we go in and dig up what they've done at their other schools and how much they played and what their PFF rating is and all this other stuff. I liked it when they signed these guys and watching them play, watching them in practice for the past month and then watching them play today, an actual scrimmage type game, I think they hit a lot of home runs with this transfer portal class. You can go down the defensive line, uh, you can add a couple, you can add a tight end, you know what I mean? I mean there's guys kind of all over the field, wide receivers, uh, you want to see more playmaking out of Andrell Anthony, you want to see that burst that everybody keeps talking about, but I just think across the board I think they've got a bunch of guys who are capable, capable not guaranteed, but capable of coming in and making a lot of plays. Yeah, I think defensively they, they did a good job. I think offensively is just like incomplete. With Austin Stogner, yeah. if he can play the whole year, then you're happy, right? The, the question with him is going to be a health question. With Walter Rouse, we think he's going to be up and right. running by fall camp, and he's confident. We talked to him on Thursday quickly before we talked to Brent Venables, and he's like, everything's on track. So that should be good, but if there's like a late – Mm. Anything that happens, then you're back to having a very inexperienced left tackle. Andrew Anthony showed some speed today a little bit, but it, it, it wasn't – I don't think any wide receiver stepped up and said, I'm going to be the guy. You know, like they spread yeah. it around so much that, that a ton of people got like one or two chances. So offensively, like it could end up that way, but there's some other factors with like Stogner. Just can you play 12 games? Good, then – Great job, Walter Rouse. You play twelve games. Yes, great job finding that guy. You know, DJ I mean? Graham. Yeah, DJ He's Graham. Not a transfer, but he transferred positions. Yeah, two catches for seventy-four yards is pretty good. Yeah, had that nice play. I was gonna say, yeah, I don't, I haven't necessarily felt this way throughout camp, but today, and you don't overact too much of the spring game, but it feels like oh, you could maybe use another receiver um, in the portal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Who's available yeah. though? What's their skill level? <laughs> what have they done in the past? I mean, that's a lot to lot to have to weigh to bring in one receiver. Well, uh, I was told that 
Brennan Thompson, the Texas receiver who entered the portal, was seen on a golf cart. Yeah, as well as Leo, he was in very good shape. Around, around the Kyler Murray I'll be shocked uh, if he statue. With the so, that would be know, the full immediate yep. impact. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I guess obviously not here for spring. I was underwhelmed by the wide receivers. It, it's it is one practice. Exactly. One I, of I was underwhelmed too. And I, I didn't I really think under the receivers were an issue necessarily, but I was. I agree. That's a good way to put. It. I was under. Nobody wow. No Farouk, Anthony. Nobody made a play at all today. That was like. And again, it's. DJ Graham did, but uh, yeah. But, yeah okay. but the other thing, garbage time. The other thing, the other thing with DJ resume. Graham is that we didn't really see him till the third quarter yeah. when. So and that's yeah. something that Jeff Levy he was asked. Can, is DJ Graham someone you can use? He said, yeah, but these next couple of months leading to fall camp are going to be huge for him to kind of get into that 2D. And yep. so I think that's kind of where he's at. And he talked about Emmett Jones being a guy that instills confidence and builds confidence. But I try not to take huge, huge headline. It was one practice, but I, I left here going, well, yeah, they got Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops and just a, and a rotating door at the other spot. Yeah, and looking. And that, to me, is not depth. Throwing 15 guys out there hoping yeah. something sticks is not depth. Finding four or five guys you trust is depth. You also, might have six guys that have 300 yards receiving this year. Is that good? Or would you rather have somebody like Marvin Mims, who's a 1,000-yard receiver, is going to go get it every time? Also, Drake Stoops. Terrible throw, man. What happened there? <laughs> on the first play of the game, they tried to go crazy on us. And, uh, did it slip? I don't know. I, 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 sort of, I haven't seen a replay of it. I, I yeah, don't know I, well... They were moving so quickly, there wasn't much time for a replay of it. No. It, it, it. Yeah, it just looked like it maybe slipped out of there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, stick with receiver. You, was, uh, was that the first play of the game to get Drake Stoops killed by Reggie Pearson instead of Dylan Gabriel? <laughs> is that the adjustment that you got a wide receiver murdered instead yeah. of Dylan Gabriel? I wonder if Gabriel was like, get that guy away from <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, he coming. Um, so, yeah, that that's the game. Um uh, so we'll have Wednesday to wrap up the game more so. We got the whole offseason. Um, and and yeah. something to be completely transparent, with the scoring system and how disjoint it was, I know your experience, too, it was really hard for me to focus on the typical stuff we normally do, like mm -hmm. in a normal game, yeah. over the course of the spring. I mean, it moves so quickly that I'm really interested, after I dive back into it a couple more times watching the ESPN Plus feed, if Wednesday there's more that I feel good about less. Again, it, it's just a, a practice, but it was it was very hustle and bustle trying to just keep up with things. So I, I'm very open to there being a ton of stuff I missed. It's first archived, time on, archived on ESPN Plus. I'll watch it at least two more times, hopefully before the Wednesday podcast, like you said. Uh, Ryan's right. It was the tempo, the moving so fast, guys in and out. You're trying to put some kind of pattern together as to who's with who and which linebackers are in town. Forget it. It just was moving so fast. The coaches did a good job of confusing us. Peyton Bowen pick was cool. That's, it was that's my, good main, play. my main memory. Of the, that's the play of the day. What about the uh, all the Kyler stuff? We're up about that a little bit on that's the way out here. Um, yeah. Got a statue this morning, uh, publicly revealed or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he spoke to fans there really briefly, talked to fans here at the stadium, and then he did post game with us, which was cool. Baker did that last year too. Appreciate them doing that. They don't have to. Yep. Nobody. They have. Nobody has any authority over them. So the fact that they did that is cool. Um, the coaches, the he gave Cardinals, us Cardinals coaches were here, so they do have authority. Over. That's true. That's they true. They could have benched him. They could have told him <laughs> to do it. Yeah, the uh, the Cardinals coaches were here. It was cool. There was lots of good and cool little nuggets of the uh, the weekend for Kyler. Uh, kind of your pick of the litter here. There's lots of fun fun little things to talk about. What, what, what stuck out 
So got to you. Um, I, I'll tell this story again because we talked about it on the wrap uh, when Venable said he was prepping for. I love that. Yeah. He was the defensive coordinator at Clemson and he was prepping for the winner of in the college football playoff of Alabama and Oklahoma. Because they played he, first, they beat Notre Dame. He kept, yeah. Right. He kept watching uh, the the game tape of of Kyler Murray and thinking, I got to prepare for that guy. I don't want anything to do with that. Come on, Bama. You know, this is before they even played. So. Uh, he was uh, he was said he was rooting openly for Bama to win that game, so he didn't have to prepare for Kyler Murray. That's how special Kyler Murray is. I think that says a lot uh, mm. for what his skill set is. Yeah, I, I think the thing that for me is I didn't expect Kyler to say a ton. Not could he's just a quiet guy, reserved, but and he kind of delivered on that. But I was a little taken aback, not the right word, but surprised at how both at the statue ceremony and at halftime on the field, that's the closest to, like, emotional I've ever seen Kyler. Now, I, and I didn't cover him yeah. that, that season, but Kyler, not an emotional guy, and you could tell that this meant a lot to him. And he even talked about after, um, when he was talking to us, that you dream about winning a Heisman. You don't ever think about coming back and having a statue put up on campus and seeing yeah. all your own teammates take a weekend out of their lives to yep. come back to help celebrate you and I just thought it was really interesting because we had at wondered the flip side of we know OU fans adore Baker Mayfield and they love Kyler but how much of that would pan out into people showing out today I think you saw that like Kyler very much loves Oklahoma very much loved his time here which we knew but just seeing that almost in him being kind of emotional was, was kind of cool because it's just a side of him you, you, you haven't seen you're very perceptive because that's the reason I asked the question is his, he was getting a little emotional. It was kind of coming close to the edge of the cup, his emotions pouring over. So I asked him that question, what was it like for you out there today? And then I asked him the follow-up question about what you think about that video that the OU media, social media team did with your dad doing the voiceover. Kyler's been special all his life. Kyler's always been special. He got a little close to the edge on that one too, but he's a, he's a stone man. He's not gonna he's yeah. not gonna get emotional. He's not gonna crack. Uh, I tried twice to get Kyler to crack, and what are you gonna do? Yeah, Kyler. It was, it was cool catching up with him. Yeah, very cool. Kyler was one of a kind. Uh, I one of one, as he always says. He and he really is. Uh, there's not anybody that I can think of that's like him, uh, especially not a quarterback. Um, and I, you know, I got to cover. That was my first year covering the team. It was 2018, and it was uh, a blast to be around him that whole year. He was always really cool to us, the student media at the time. I, I remember getting him for a one-on-one -on -one a little bit. Uh, it was right around the toward the end of the season when they were doing the Bo Jackson stuff for him, his Heisman campaign. And he was always great, and uh, he always cracked me up because he's so dry. He yeah. just says stuff like he's not even really making a joke. He'll just say stuff, and uh, I always fun. loved that. Well, today he walked in, and the first thing he said, yeah. Where's Eddie? Eddie Rodosovich. Because well, he had all-time roast. Yeah. I'm sure you know the <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and then, uh, but for, for anyone that did not yeah. count up on it. Yeah. Well, he, he in 2018, Kyler wore this big lion shirt to post-game one time. I don't know like the game. Like a $3,500 shirt. Doesn't matter. It was, somebody <laughs> looked it up in post-game, and it was like, yeah, like a several thousand dollar shirt. Because remember, he had all the A's money in, in hand at this time. He had a million dollar signing bonus or whatever. And 
uh, Eddie Radosovich, who everybody everybody knows, uh, asked if they made one in his size, and Kyler said, what, like triple X? <laughs> and, and Eddie said, double, no double, and it was a great moment, it was hilarious, everybody remembers that that was there, yeah. we got a huge laugh in the room, and today, Kyler walks in first thing, where's Eddie? Eddie comes up, says, hey, and he goes, you slimmed up. Yeah. That's the first thing he yeah. said to him. Yeah. He remembered it. He remembered. He's very personable. It doesn't seem like it, but he, he is. Also, I love, too, that he gave um, how open. He said multiple times how he he, he really kind of wished he could have one more year. We talked about that on Wednesday a little bit, if he had been the quarterback in 2017 or if he had stayed even for 19 or whatever. But the fact that he said today that he actually went as far as he wanted to come back, and he, he asked Lincoln Riley. He brought it up. To Lincoln Riley, like, I'm thinking about coming back, and Lincoln told him, "Don't do that." That's <laughs> like, yeah, Which you it was. But yeah, you know, it's you, the you, correct advice. We rip Lincoln Riley and and you know you fans, but you cannot, in good conscience, tell your guy who's going to go number one to come back. You just can't. Um, he did right by his player there, but the fact that he actually like thought about it enough to like bring it up, like. What would you think about this yeah. if I came back? And well, he got robbed out of a year by his buddy Baker Mayfield. He did. He was supposed to be the guy in 2017. He was supposed to be the guy. Supposed to be the guy in 2017. There's a whole bunch of fun Pandora's boxes there. Yeah, the Baker Mayfield because there's also the did not exist before Baker made that appeal. Well, he he said he said on the field he made the wrong choice at a high school. What if he chooses to go to OU at a high school? Yeah. OU never even gets Baker probably. Probably. Yeah. It, there's a whole bunch of it, you could do it forever. Have to go back do, and look at the timeline. You could do a special series on on <laughs> that uh, that whole what if. You know, if he stays but Lincoln, in 19, Lincoln what wasn't here there? when he came out of high school. Was also he? Also true. No. No, 14. So I don't know. I, I, we're going too far back. What, you, we're looking up what recruiting class was he. Let's get uh, it. You have your computer right in front of you. Google it. Okay, you keep talking. I'll Google it. If he stays in 2019, where does Jalen Hurts go play? 14. So his freshman year at Texas a was 15. All right, well, that was Lincoln Riley's first year at OU as OC. See? He wasn't going to commit to OU. He wasn't going to commit to OU. There's a lot. There's a lot of. Does Tennessee end their losing streak against Alabama if Josh Heupel is Brent Venables at Nor at Oklahoma right now? It's a uh, a lot of. It's fun to talk about. Fun to think about. But a cool day for Kyler. And his statue is is pretty good. Yep. It's pretty good. It's a lot better than Baker's, which like, like we joked about. Low bar because they messed up. <laughs> do, you th do you think it was interesting? So we know that the. The Heisman Trophy winner gets to pick their pose. Yeah, and he Kyler, gives them like a photo, I Yeah, guess. and Kyler talked about that he, he sifted through thousands of photos, but he specifically was like, I'm a quarterback. I wanted it to be me throwing. Because we had talked about, uh, Chisholm and I, and, and you had mentioned it too, that uh, both of you, would it be his signature every time he crossed the goal line, the little leap that he has with the football, mm -hmm. would, which would have been cool. And I thought it was interesting that he was just like, yeah, I'm a quarterback. The quarter, yeah, all the, he, he struck me. He was like, the quarterback's here. They're, all their poses are them throwing, so it needed to be me throwing. Baker's running, technically. He's um, doing the OSU stiff arm. Um, <laughs> you know, the uh, he always struck me as, like, you know, people like to put the label on Kyler because he's such a freak, and he can run around all the place, and he has those 80-yard touchdowns against Texas and the one against Kansas and all that, um, that he's like a running quarterback, when in reality, Kyler never ran unless the, the play broke down and he... He could at any time, he but he was, he was always throw first. Well, and not was. Jalen Hurts. It always made it better too, because the DBs were legitimately down the field, turned around. That's that's how that uh, West he, Virginia play happened. Yeah, he it's, was the best. He was the best. He was a lot of fun. I think uh, I, I I agree. I speak for everybody who covers OU and OU fans when uh, we wish you could add another year too. It would have been a lot of fun uh, to have you for another 12, 13, 14 games. But no Jalen Hurts in twenty nineteen. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I'll take another year at Kyler or Jalen Hurts if that's your question. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen team might. Who knows what would have happened. Same record, same spot in the playoff. Just saying.
I don't know. Do they lose to who? They lose to K State. Do they lose to K State with Kyler Murray. I don't know. Uh, Burrow beat Kyler would have been. Kyler could not have been. St- he true. was unstoppable as a college football player that there's ever. Well, that been. that might have been the. Uh, we're we're really doing the butterfly effect here thing. <laughs> uh, but that might have been the only thing that would have kept Oklahoma in that game was like Kyler just running around like a madman against like seeing that yeah. OU version of the OU offense. CeeDee Lamb actually would have got the ball thrown to him. Uh, I now, think year two Kyler though they go undefeated and they and they don't play LSU. Here's the 28-0 thing. 28-0 Alabama. Does, De- does Delary get that year, what happened in year one. True. But he got it going after that. They, they dominated the rest well, of the offense. Quinn Williams also came off the field which helped. <laughs> right. True. I don't know. It's fun. That's yeah. it's fun. But year two of Kyler, so he would have been even better. Well, the the key in that would have been that uh, theoretically the defense was better that would have kept Oklahoma in the game while they got adjusted. But Delarian Turner Yell was questionable to play with a broken collarbone. Right. So yes, poor Robert. <laughs> yeah, they lost like three defensive backs that game. So that's a tough one. Yeah, the LSU game. I just would like Joe just, Burrow did not care. Justin, yeah. yeah, you see what Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are doing in the NFL right now. Yeah, yeah. I just would like oh, to see Kyler's offense try to keep up with that because Jalen's offense had no shot, as, as we all saw. Yep. Yeah, as we all saw. Well, it was a fun weekend. Um, it's always kind of tough. The spring game is always uh, kind of tough. The weather's never good for this thing, um, but people brave the elements and they come out and they do it. And it's kind of a little taste of football. I compare it to like the NFL preseason. Like it's like. It's it sounds like a good idea, and you get going, you're excited because it's football, and then after like a little bit, you're like, ah, yeah, that's enough of this. After the second game, <laughs> you're like, you're like, just tell tell me when kickoff's happening, like yeah. the real one. Yeah. Counting down to September, we get to on. week zero college football, and you're just like, Stanford's <laughs> playing in Australia, inject it yeah. right into my veins. Countdown to uh, September second for OU is uh, on. Any other things you want to bring up? Yeah, on? Uh, Oklahoma got a commitment today. Can't, can't ignore that. They got their fourth commitment of yeah. the 2024 class. 2024 had zero commitments, and now all of a sudden, uh, what, within two weeks, I think they've built uh, four. It's five. So, uh, five. Is it five? That's right. It is five. We talked about that today. We just yeah. discussed that number. Sorry, my brain stops working at this time of night. So uh, Isaiah Autry, I say it was four. Yeah, that's correct. It, picked up Autry, the offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Marcus Dupree's cousin, then uh, got one offense, got one defense. Jaden Hardy, the safety. Yeah. Uh, So Autry was yesterday, was four. See, that's why I'm getting confused. These consecutive numbers are throwing me off. (laughs) (laughs) Four and then five. How am I supposed to keep up with that? The next one they get, who I think it might be six. I'll double check the math. Okay. We'll double check check the math. Anyway, Jaden Hardy, defensive back from uh, Louisville. Texas. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll, we'll definitely dive in more on uh, four Wednesday. star safety. But yeah, it was uh, right at one o'clock. Uh, it, was, it was when I was on Lindsay Street. It was, I was terrible timing. In. Come on, Jaden. Come on, man. I was on the field. I was standing my feet on like the Gaylord family end zone. I'm gonna make so much money with that firm. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm gonna make so much money with my branding firms. Like guys, let actually you just pay me money and I will schedule your commitment announcement. <laughs> I had to. Yeah, I, I literally yeah. walked the length of the field back to the photo room just to get up there and, and uh, put the story up but we'll have highlights up on that tomorrow good day, good uh, day. anyway he picked OU over Alabama Oregon LSU Florida Miami all the big ones so His uh, Texas Texas A&M Wisconsin uh, Tennessee dad's a legacy of Tennessee too yeah. so it's it's not just like hey he was legacy of Tennessee and Tennessee stinks now Tennessee's got as much momentum as they've had decade yep Brandon Hall can crew Brandon Hawk yeah. recruit. Um, this whole staff game. That. 
Brandon Hall, though. Yeah, the whole staff can. You're, you're right. Brandon Hall I remember is, is Brandon Hall's the one that got the raise. Yeah. He got the raise when no one else got a raise because he's doing that recruiting thing. Yeah, Brandon Hall's doing himself, doing a nice job. Any other things? I'm tired. It's been a, it's been a long day. Long day. Nope. Basketball added one, right? Transfer. Yeah. I don't know too much about it yet. Just been that kind of day. A lot of news happening all day long. Yeah. All day. Yeah, we'll wrap it all up for you on Wednesday. Got to wrap up the weekends for softball and baseball. Great weekends for both of those teams. Uh, we'll talk about that on Wednesday as well. 